Thank you. You are welcome. Do you have any questions for me? Any, anything before we get started? Mm. Uh, how long does it usually go? Uh, we'll go like an hour, hour, 15 minutes. Usually that's, yeah. Is that okay? I figured. Oh, totally. Okay. <laughs> no, mostly I was like, in case I like, I don't know, are you like, it's 15 minutes. I'd be like, I should have asked. I wouldn't have come. <laughs> <laughs> this is Van Collar. We're at the West Coast. Today on This is Van Color, I'm joined by a comedic talent of the sketch, theater, and stand-up varieties, a triple threat. She's been a frequent contributor to the long-standing CBC series, The Debaters, including heated arguments with This is Van Color alumni Ivan Decker. She travels across the continent. She's played at the Just for Laughs Northwest Festival and Bumbershoot. I just saw her at the Vancouver Fringe Festival, where her show, The Lady Show, a pick of the Fringe winner, put the joy in Feminist Killjoy. Critically acclaimed for her sharp wit and her killer dimples, she's also, and this is true, a three-time Canadian National Open Water 5K swim champion, the champ is here, Katie Ellen Humphreys. Katie Ellen, how are you? Hey, I am superb. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being here. I'm glad we could do it. It's, it feels like a lot of time in the making. And yeah. We're both here. Oh, a lot of buildup. Right? A lot to live up to. We we first started chatting in the summer. Mm -hmm. So I want to know, you know, did you, did you hags? Did you have a good summer? <gasps> I am not familiar with that acronym. No? No. You never used to write that in your like high school yearbooks? Hags. No, although to be honest, uh, two things. I'm not great with abbreves. Uh, the abbreviations, <laughs> I find them quite confusing. Nailed that one. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good, right? Uh, so I'm good at abbreviations. I guess what I mean is acronyms, I'm not good at. Is that what that is? That would be an acronym, yeah. Yeah, I'm not great because I, I can't extrapolate that it is symbols for larger words. I'm just like, that's a word that must have, anyway, I right. just can't, I'm not good at it. Fair enough. Um, also, I was not in a situation where I needed to, uh, I didn't need to economize on space <laughs> in terms of people <laughs> signing my yearbook. <laughs> so I think I would have been, I would have been uh, wanting people to like, let's write out the full words. Let's fill up right. some page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, fair enough. Did you have a good summer? <laughs> I did. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. A lovely summer. Uh, I spent a lot of time this summer on Vancouver Island. Okay. Uh, which is where I'm from. I grew up in Victoria. Cool. And that is where uh, all my immediate family is based. And I spent about uh, a three-week stretch back uh, on the island this summer, which was great. Nice. Yeah, I made some sandcastles and stuff. Did you actually? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Cool. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Another one of your skills? Yeah, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Add it. And let's redo the bio. Put that in there. <laughs> let's rewind that. I yeah, have to yeah. add the bit about the sandcastles. Yeah, she's a competent castler. <laughs> what would you rate this summer out of 10? Oh, you know what? I'm going to give it 9.5. Wow. It was real good. Wow. Yeah, real, real good. <sighs> I, th I feel like you have a short memory because we had mm. a really smoky August. Oh, that's and I think true. that put a big damper. That put a big damper on my summer. I mean, sure. that was I. I was specifically thinking of July when okay. you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> also, uh, I think it, I guess it's a coping mechanism. Uh, my 
brain, bad stuff really doesn't stick real well. Oh, it has a tendency to like only remember good stuff, which can be very positive, but also can have me stay in situations that are not great because I only see the positive. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a that's a gift and a curse. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> Um, well, still on the topic of summer, did you go to any weddings this summer? Because those are those, those always make the summer pretty fun. Yeah, it's fu- it's funny that you asked that because I was I had just earlier, maybe two hours ago, I was having a conversation with someone about how uh, I am I'm at 35, and so I'm at the age where I am aging out of all of my friends getting married. So it's not like an overwhelming amount of weddings, mm-hmm. but I have not yet aged into second weddings. Right. So it's a nice, sweet spot. See, I'm also at that cusp where most of my friends are married. Mm -hmm. And those married friends now, they're having kids. Uh, Or they're getting divorced. Yeah, they are. (laughs) I mean, got to do something to save. And as badly as I feel about them getting divorced. It's better than a save the marriage baby. It's better than that. For sure. For everyone, that's way better. Yeah. But I I use it as a sympathy ploy because I have a lot of my friends now who would be in their 30s and single. Mm. And they're just like, none of this makes sense. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. This is my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. Yeah. So it's, um, it's weird. I, and I also am rooting against them because I don't want them to lap me. That's the oh, other right. Yeah. All, all my friends that are getting divorced probably hate me now after listening to this, but I'm just being honest. Like, I don't want them to lap me. Mm. They can't get two in. I don't know, though. I feel like uh, I feel like it's like a it's similar to some viruses where, like, if you've had it once, you are more susceptible. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I guess that's what they say about the divorce rate in general. You know how it's like 50 percent. Oh. It doesn't it, that doesn't mean that 50 percent of people get divorced because if you get divorced once you're more likely to get divorced again oh is it just 50 percent of marriages yeah not people interesting right oh some people are really skewing those numbers (laughs) there's like six and seven timers in there i mean i don't know about six or seven but there's people who've definitely been married three times and it's sure yeah president of the united states yeah great example (laughs) yeah he's skewing those numbers yeah i mean that's probably what he's best known for (laughs) <laughs> like aside from being the president, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> being, I mean, it's being not, divorced twice—it's really not his first credit. No, <laughs> but not his worst credit. No, no, nowhere. It's not even in the realm of his worst credit. <laughs> it's in another galaxy. Yeah, it's very neutral. It's just like a fact about him. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you have really just blown my mind with marriage statistics. I, I didn't think we were going to go there, but we just, we went there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh it's fall now. Fall yeah. started out really nice. Yeah. By the way, happy belated uh, fall equinox. Happy belated harvest moon. I, I mean, moon. I was waiting. <laughs> I didn't want to say, but thank you. Did you, did you put out your intention for fall? Like what's. I, what, did, I did not. You did not? You no. still have time. Is that true? I mean, no, but. <laughs> I'm not going to let you down while we're recording. I admired the harvest moon. Is that part of it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's when you have to like make your intention. Ah, darn it. Then I missed yeah. it. Well, I mean. Unless you... my intention was to admire the moon. 
because oh. I nailed that. Great intention. It was magnificent. It really was. Yeah. yeah. It was a great, like, I would drive to work in the morning, and it was, like, a great, like, uplifting, like, wow, so lucky. <laughs> uh, hey there, morning moon. <laughs> and then I'd sit inside for eight hours and be like, oh, maybe not, maybe not that lucky. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we set the wrong intention, I guess. I did. <laughs> yeah. I sent the... I, I, I made the intention to admire the, the morning moon, and it happened, and, you know, it went. I love it. <laughs> Are you one of those people that, like, you're a fall person? Because a lot of girls say, like, fall is their season. Yes, you know, I never was until a couple of years ago. And like you say, I really felt, I felt as if it was burgeoning womanhood. I was like, I guess I'm a woman now because I love the autumn. <laughs> <laughs> Bring <laughs> bring me my horse. That that's what what tipped you that yeah. you're that you're an adult woman that you loved. Yep. Wow. Yes. What was it about fall? I never knew. It just I would I loved summer so much, and so I just didn't understand why people were so wild about the fall. Mm -hmm. You know, I had like a real kid mentality, like that's back to school. Ah, oh, nuts. Yeah. No good. Uh, and then just the last couple of years, and I don't know if we just had we had particularly extraordinary autumns in Vancouver the last mm -hmm. few years, and I've really been struck by how incredibly gorgeous it is. And uh, yeah, I mean, I do love fall fashion, so yeah, men's and women's. W uh, let's break that down. Okay. What do you like on the women's side? Oh, uh, I mean, I like I like a nice boot. Yeah, it's real good. I like that. You got a nice collection. Uh, I, I'm doing a yeah. I do okay. It's respectable in the, in the boot department. Yeah, <laughs> but I had sometimes it's tough because different. Uh, I like a a high, you know, like to the knee or so. Mm. But I I don't have very long legs, and so some sometimes, sometimes if a boot trend a season. I thought you would have like swimmers' legs. Like, don't all swimmers have swim swimming champions? Yeah, I really no? went against the grain body type. <laughs> Partly why I had to be a marathon swimmer. Oh, I was okay. Like, well, I guess I'll chug along over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you still rock a nice boot. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, certain, uh, sometimes a trend a year will be the, the boot will be very high. And then you're like, well, now I'm just wearing hip waders. Right, so right. <laughs> how, how about on dudes? Clearly not oh. hip waders on yeah. dudes. I mean, do fall fat. Fall, I think, is pretty much prime time for dude fashion. You get your bomber jacket real good. You get a denim jacket. I mean, right. I, I, there's not really any distinction, actually, between, like, men's and women's fashion in terms of fall, what I like, because you could also get a nice desert boot for a gentleman. Uh, maybe, mm. like, uh, some work in some corduroy there sometimes, you know? Right. Uh, nice textures. Layering of a light sweater. Oh, just. Wow. The <laughs> oh man very well thought out do you, do you i keep really up like with... men's fashion okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah how do you keep up with men's fashion uh gq primarily yeah, yeah it's also the only reason i know anything about basketball <laughs> really. you make sure you go through the entire magazine oh yeah yeah cover to cover every month wow you're yeah. you're uh i'm a, a well-heeled gentleman you know what i am not a subscriber oh because i just love wasting money i guess i don't know like for so many years yeah every month cover to cover but i never subscribe i do like the process of buying the magazine so maybe that's part of it uh it's very silly because i also like getting you go mail. Why you go wouldn't? bookstore 
You know, I, I like a London Drugs if I have my druthers. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the, and you and every month you pick up that GQ. Yeah. What have you? What have you learned about men from reading GQ? <laughs> now I'm curious. Oh, I don't know that I've learned. I don't know that I've learned things about men from GQ. I've learned. But it's geared towards men, right? I've never actually. It read is a Gentleman's Quarterly. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a well-heeled gentleman at heart. <laughs> uh, more, I would say I have learned things about smart cocktails I might not otherwise make, or mm. restaurants I have no intention of visiting in throughout the con- like continental United States. Right, but you can make that small talk if need be potentially <laughs> yeah uh more so I, i've learned about yeah about you know designers and things that i wouldn't know i everything out everything about men in there is like yeah so it's more of the fashion end that has your curiosity so men are not that secretive they're like most most of our society and media is about and for men <laughs> so i feel like i yeah fair i feel like i have a pretty good gauge Obviously, I'm not one. There's, I'm sure, tons of internal things that I don't know, but also, don't I? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, again, I hate generalizing about yes about genders, but um, you know, I've worked I've worked with high school kids before, mm-hmm. and I found that the high school girls, even as I was an adult, were very emotionally intelligent, and mm-hmm. they were very. Um, let's say, persuasive or they, they could get out of things where I'd walk away from a situation and be like, hey, wait, <laughs> they didn't do any of the stuff that I assigned them and wow. I let them get away with it. Wow. Whereas the guys, um, you know, if they didn't do something or if they didn't uh, meet expectations, they'd kind of be like, yeah, we we messed up. We'll, we'll do better next time. And they would not like make excuses oh, or anything. They would just kind of take it. Hmm. And... Um, yeah, I found that emotion, like when it comes to, when it comes to emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. guys, especially at that age, so literal. Oh yeah, right? yeah, sure. Whereas with girls, so much more context, subtext that mm. has to be taken into account, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of the old trope of like, if if a woman says, you know, I'm fine, and a yeah. guy's like, cool, see ya. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I I was socialized quite masculine and just before i talk more about that i want to just be very very clear that i'm not uh, appropriating any kind of trans experience i certainly did not have uh, to that extreme or anything like that Uh, but i did uh, i'm very very close with uh, one of my both my brothers but one that is the closest in age uh, and and primarily hung out uh, with him and his friends Mm -hmm. in my uh, adolescent and, and young adulthood uh, as you know, very pretty cliche, like one of the guys. And yeah, like a tomboy. Yeah, and and really was not treated like a woman, and to the extent that I was a huge misogynist, like real really? bad, it was brutal. Wow. Know, yeah, it's not that unusual. I think that's you know, uh, it's sort of two sides of a coin because uh, of course I am now just like the screeching, raging uh, feminist. <laughs> <laughs> and everything that comes out of my mouth is just like, but about the patriarchy. Yeah. Uh, and I really do think it is kind of just that other side of the coin of hmm. at the time I was like, well, there is clearly a winning team. 
I guess I'll be on that one. You went with, wow, hitched your wagon to that horse. Yeah, which, and then as I, you know, mature and grow up, I'll be like, oh, that's, this is not, it's not a good team for anyone, mm-hmm. and it's a particularly bad team but for it's, me. But it's, I mean, I'm I'm an only child, but I imagine when you have siblings and you have older siblings and yes. you look up to them. Yeah, there's, there's, wildly. Yeah, there's, there's a big difference there, right? You're trying to emulate them. You're trying to yes. hang out with them. And yeah. that's kind of your whole life up until a certain age right yeah very much so and, and oh i don't know that i ever stopped actually oh that's good <laughs> my yeah. brothers are really great and i love them a lot great yeah um do they still live in victoria one of them does and uh, one of them uh lives just outside sydney australia oh like a jerk far away it's part of what upped my summer rating is that he was home for three weeks oh nice okay yeah, it was Fair really enough. great and it was my parents 50th wedding anniversary wow i know Okay, I'll let you keep that 9.5. Okay, I was very you. critical That's of your fair. original rating. I had forgotten about how terrible August was. Legit. <laughs> 100% it had been wiped out. No, because you focus on the good stuff. Yeah, real yeah. sunny side of the street, Humphreys. <laughs> so it sounds like you had a pretty good upbringing in Victoria. Thank Why you. did was, you come to Vancouver? I was very blessed in that department. I moved to Vancouver for stand-up comedy. Yeah. Yeah. At the times, so college was... gigs and the early bird specials uh, <laughs> don't do it for you. Well, actually, at the time, so this is now ten years ago ish. Uh, in Victoria, there just really was almost no stand up scene at all to hmm. speak of. Uh, there's a beautiful scene there now. It's wonderful. It's an incredible place to start doing stand up comedy. A cool. uh, great place to develop as an artist. Uh, but at the time, that just wasn't available, and I did not have the I didn't have it in me to start a scene. I just wanted to do yeah. stand-up comedy. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So you, you came here um, as someone who moved here in to Vancouver as an adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up here, so I'm kind of a fish in water. Yeah. Are there tropes that make people in Vancouver distinctly so Vancouver? Um, I... I did I did find it a challenging place to move. Now, it is the only city that I have moved to. I've visited and I've spent extended periods of time in other cities, but Fair. it's the only city that I have moved to, so maybe that's just moving to a new city. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oftentimes when I speak to other people who move to Vancouver as well, uh, they, they do find it is, it is a tough city to kind of crack into. Mm. Uh, I think... I have found that I just thought I find Vancouverites to be a little bit closed off in a way that uh, that I find people from some other places are not. Sure. Um, so that's our stereotype. We're yeah. closed off. <laughs> yeah. It's not a great it, stereotype at well, all. But not, not, I don't even think that it's so much that it's like that they're not, that Vancouverites are not interested in other people, mm-hmm. but, uh, but they're not. They're not wildly outgoing. It's partly, I think, there is a, probably it's it's a larger city thing. Like, you just, there's a certain amount of focus you have to have to kind of get all the things that you're trying to get done in a city like this, and you just uh, don't have room for, mm-hmm. and there's not always time for, oh, hey, stranger, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, was, uh, smaller places, mm, they always want to know how the stranger's doing. <laughs> like, right. When I go back to Victoria... I'm there for a while, even as little as a week or so. When I come back, I do find it a difficult adjustment uh, at first. And I can't always put my finger on it at first. I'm just like, I feel different. I was like, 
oh, because no one has looked me in the eye in three days. Because <laughs> <laughs> in Victoria, there's a lot of, like, you know, you get a coffee, and that is, like, an interaction Yeah, you are having. Yeah. I, we, I mean, we've talked about this on the show a little bit, and I'm developing this theory that I think it's, when you look at people in Vancouver, there's a lot of ambition and there's a lot of anxiety. Yes. Like a lot of people have their own side gigs and they're trying to do different projects. And yeah. at the same time, a lot of anxiety with rent or mm-hmm. relationships or, or whatever else and um, careers. So I think when you have those two things in a cocktail, it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't necessarily create the happiest place or mm-hmm. maybe the most open place but if you are comfortable in where you are and uh, you don't have anxiety you're way more willing to have a random conversation with a random person yeah. right and again it's an it's also a numbers game of like you can't have a meaningful interaction with every person you serve coffee to if you're serve if there's a lineup and you're serving thousands you know yeah. Whereas, a, you know, a and everyone's in a rush. Yeah. Everyone wants to get out of there. Yeah. And a smaller town, an afternoon or something, and it's not right before work. You know, there's just that space for that yeah. kind of thing. Have you ever lingered at the coffee shop, like, while you're getting your, your latte and tried to make that small talk? Oh, in Vancouver? <laughs> yeah. No, in Vancouver. I'm a Vancouverite. Okay. I show respect. It's like, no, no, you're, I'm not in your life. You're not in my life. I totally okay. own spheres. Yeah. You adjust yeah, pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I'm down. <laughs> iPod in. Was it was it a tough transition um, from that island life in Victoria to to Vancouver? Yeah. Now I added the challenge that when I uh, when I moved, I continued doing the job that I was doing in Victoria, but I just started doing it remotely. Oh, okay. And I hadn't worked from home prior to that, and so I I moved to the city, and then also without ever a reason to leave my apartment. Mm. Uh, and I was working. I mean, food. Yep. Yep. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> delivery delivery services were not what they were. No. They're not what they are now. Uh, but I mean, I was working quite a bit because I also hadn't uh, done a lot, any work on how to set boundaries. So, <laughs> uh, so I, I did become a, a little bit isolated just by circumstances that I created sort of myself. Right. And also, you know, being new to the city and not having um, a ton of structured things to to participate in and that kind of thing sure yeah so you you ended up being sort of by yourself for the first little while yeah it felt like that yeah definitely i but i put in a solid year of uh now I, I did move with uh i did move over here with uh with a beloved friend uh who we lived in the same building okay. and uh and he had a sibling over here and and so a little bit of social structure and stuff and so yeah. I, I was that's uh, good yeah i was very blessed to get in on that and also have this other person you know in, in the building but uh so i wasn't uh, completely on my own totally yeah. so how'd you go from that to performing as much as you do uh so that was the interesting thing is that i i moved over here to do stand up and then i just didn't when I got here, like, you know, at, at first I moved, I was like, I didn't, I didn't have any furniture or any of that, you know, so that kind of stuff you get established. And then I don't know if it was just a block or if it's, it's fear or, or what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did that for sure. I also went back to Victoria a lot. I was spending a lot of time. Like I really, it was a really baby step, like piggyback. I was like, yeah, oh, wow. you didn't cut the cord completely. Yeah, well, and particularly because my job was based in Victoria, it was very easy to go back for extended periods right. of time and my family. And I was still, 
uh, I performed with a uh, a comedy cabaret group in Victoria at the time, and I still I loved the show so much that I would still go back. I think we were doing shows every other month at that time, mm. so we'd go back and it'd be two weeks or so to put the show up. So every two months, I was back for two weeks. So it was like right, okay. really. And I hadn't, I didn't even really tell anyone in Victoria when I moved to Vancouver. Like that's how, t- that's how tepid this move was. I was like, ah, I mean, I'll still be around all the time. Why would I say goodbye to anyone? Yeah. So that was part of it. I'm sure I was just, it kept me, I was very tethered Fair enough. Um, to the Island. And so, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't go out to shows and for about a year. And then, uh, and then interestingly, the, the first show that I went to just by like far more random chance than anything else. I just ended up at this show where every person on the show was one of the top acts in the city and was a professional touring comedian. Okay. And, and having not been in a city that had a scene before, I'd never been to an open mic or Mm. a show that had like an amateur show. So I just show up at this show and then it's all just the best people. Ivan Decker was one of them. Okay, cool. And, uh, and I was just dumbstruck. I thought, oh, like, man, comedy in Vancouver does not come to play. Like, oh, <laughs> and I'd kind of gone in a little cocky. Like, I didn't, I I was, uh, I was brand new. I hadn't even really started doing stand-up, but I was like, well, like, you know, did some other comedy and stuff. So I was like, well, they'll, I'll be better than someone on the show. And I was like, nope, no one. Not a single person will I even come close to. Uh, which actually did affect my confidence a little bit in terms of what I had set out to do of course yeah uh, even though it's not a fair no but right? i didn't i didn't know because i had no sense of amateur i just didn't know what i didn't know what the scene i didn't know anything yeah uh so if there's anyone listening now who is interested in stand-up comedy i also uh, teach stand-up comedy for with instant theater now oh, cool. and i tell all of my students i encourage everyone so so strongly if you are interested in comedy at all go to an open mic don't sign up even just go mm-hmm. to watch it because I guarantee you even a solid 50% of the people on there you will 100% without ever having done comedy be better than <laughs> you just will they're a cra- like an open mic is a crazy grab bag of humanity yeah and you will see some of the best stuff you've ever seen and some of the most bizarre and all of those people feel entitled to be there yeah uh so, so why not you exactly yeah that it is that is the open part of it sign up go up yeah i love those open nights like the pro-am nights that they have at uh, oh yeah the comedy mix they're um they're great they're time absolutely <laughs> no i love it and because also it's like anything with art with a like fringe festival you were mm-hmm. mentioning just happened i want to see an extraordinarily great fringe show or i want it to be terrible I don't have time for in between. <laughs> what am I getting out of that? Oh, that was pretty good. Neat. Ugh. It's not memorable. No, you make it. You want to see memorable. I want. Well, it's also it's like I want. I can like both. If it's if it's transcendently good or transcendently bad, that's like just delicious, and I can soak it up. <laughs> and like I, both of them will fill me up with joy, and I will feel great and inspired, and all of these things. And in between, that's just, and you have those messy thoughts. You're like, yeah, it was, you know. It was, it was quite good. It had some. I could, uh, who's got that kind of time? <laughs> Have you ever thought about putting on a purposely inaccessible, terrible <laughs> show 
just to satisfy that need for for others. <laughs> what a gift. <laughs> what a gift, right? Like, to go out of your way to be, like, the worst show at Fringe. <laughs> you know, I've not. Uh, but you really would have to. I mean, because uh, you wouldn't know what's coming to Fringe. So you'd never be, mm. you'd never know. What, how. It, yeah, I think it would be work to be the worst. It really would. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll rise to the challenge. Yeah, yeah, there I you will go. Not, I will not rise to the, I don't know, I've lost it. Yeah, either way. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so in the in the 10 plus years that you've been here, how would you say, two questions, I guess. How would okay. you say Vancouver has evolved as a city? Yeah. And how would you say Vancouver has evolved as a comedy scene? Oh. Hmm. Uh, well, rent has gone up significantly. <laughs> Quite a bit. That's happened. Yeah. Uh, it does. It, it feels like Vancouver has become... Uh, has become more diverse and I don't know if it has or if just there's a greater visibility and a greater inclusion or mm. that I'm noticing more or there's a just a greater vibrancy in different communities and and more I don't know I don't know what but it feels it feels more diverse than when I moved here 10 okay. years ago and I love it uh and that's absolutely true for the comedy scene as well okay uh you know the comedy scene was very very strong when I moved here, and one of the extraordinary things I think about doing comedy in Vancouver is that there are some of the top acts in the country and wh who I believe some of the top acts working today make their homes here. And so hmm. that keeps the level of comedy very strong because when you go out to a show, even just a local show, a Monday night show, a $5 show, there's going to be almost definitely one of those pros on the show. So younger mm -hmm. acts coming up have a very high bar that they see all the time. They see that working out and it just keeps everyone striving and it right. keeps everyone kind of uh, reaching for a, for a high level and nobody gets kind of complacent about being at like the quote unquote sort of top of the scene, which can happen in smaller markets. You can get very, if you, you know, in a, in smaller markets, if you've been doing comedy for even as little as like three or four years, sometimes you're the top most experienced comedian in that town now. Mm. Uh, and yeah, and that can sometimes cause bad habits and things like that. And of people. course, um, whereas, whereas here, I don't, you don't see that happening because again, uh, this, the caliber of, of some of the comedians here is so high. So I think that's really strong. What I have noticed in particular in the last few years is, uh, yes, is f way more there's way more comics from uh, previously marginalized groups there's a lot more specialty shows or just just different people doing i mean there's always been people experimenting with different forms and things like that but there's just there's so many more voices mm -hmm. now and there's just like the the playing field is getting so much more leveled and that to me is so exciting i see it in my classes for sure mm -hmm. uh and it is it is every time there's uh, just a wider variety of people sharing their stories, it makes the entire scene, it just raises the caliber so much. And it makes each show stronger because the audiences are not going to get bored by seeing the same comic or the same ideas right. talked about. And the audiences will get bigger and broader as well because the more people see themselves reflected, the more fun that is and then the more they'll come out of course yeah so, yeah I'm, uh, I'm uh real excited about kind of what's going on i think even the 
the styles of comedy have become a lot more diverse. Like mm-hmm. you would go to a comedy show, I would say 10 years ago. And if I went to a comedy show 10 years ago, it'd be like, we're going to a comedy show. And now it's like, if we're going to a comedy show, it's like, okay, what kind of comedy is it? Like that's more right. sort of on the forefront. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what are we talking about? Are we talking in, you know, bro humor, which could be the evening or yeah. are we talking something, you know, more observational or something a little more eccentric like there is yeah a little more consciousness in terms of the type of stand up that you'd see as opposed to just seeing stand up yeah uh i mean when i was when i was growing up and we i mean i had basic cable and as you've mentioned i i was an athlete and so i uh i got about 4:30 every day wow so i did not know that late night television existed <laughs> So I didn't know that there was... the TV was done at that point. (laughs) I knew there was a night something must happen. I don't know what. Uh, So I didn't know anything about late night, like, stand-up comedy Mm -hmm. spots like that. So the only thing I ever saw growing up was Just for Laughs, Mm. All Access, that would air, reruns would air in the afternoons. Right. Uh, And now with streaming services and things, there's just so much stand-up comedy content. And so it's also uh, even that idea. So there's a sophistication in audience members as well. So like you say, you know, not across the board. There's lots of people who still like comedy is just comedy and it's Mm -hmm. all in one umbrella. But now there are absolutely lots of audience members who will seek out the types of comedy Mm -hmm. that they enjoy in the way that they would music instead of just this like, sure, comedy (laughs) i like comedy oh i hate comedy like which uh which is great also for the shows Mm because then yeah if you you can try to curate a type of audience that actually wants to see the thing that you do right yeah makes sense cool um we've sort of talked about vancouver um we've talked about moving here we've talked about some vancouver tropes Mm mm-hmm do you think it's hard to meet people in Vancouver, even now that you're settled here as a Vancouverite? Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I, so in, in my experience, what what created a life for me in here in Vancouver was, was getting into stand-up comedy and was finding it, and that's where I found my community. Mm-hmm. And so I think it does... It does take something like that. I, I assume that's why so many people dragon boat or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot of rich scenes. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a strong burlesque scene. I know there's like different, there's a great uh, kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, like I, what I always call kind of like conscious rap or like, like there's a great hip hop scene mm-hmm. in Vancouver. And there's, uh, I'm sure any other type of thing that you are interested in, there's a strong scene for it. And if you're not interested in it, you, d- you don't know it exists. Like the amount of people that I meet who say things like, oh, I just, I didn't know there was comedy in Vancouver. Really? And it's all I know. <laughs> you know, like I literally don't, I can know almost nothing else. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it, it takes a lot. It takes us some perhaps more, more effort, like some, some real, uh, intention Mm -hmm. in this town like you have to like you say i think maybe because people that on average there's a lot of just very ambitious and very driven and and anxiety ridden people Mm -hmm. uh so i think there's a less there's less sort of like casual 
meeting of people. Right. Which I think maybe is why, you know, online dating is so popular here or just or like the meetup groups and that kind of thing is like really love a structured time. I I think you brought up a good point, though, is that when you have sort of a purposed based social group, Mm -hmm. whether it's comedy or yoga or dragon right boating. yeah yeah that's a really good way to meet pe- and you might not meet people the first time you go yep but that's in the in those communities that's how you meet people mm-hmm. right i think it's much harder to just say i'm gonna go in the world and go make make a friend at the coffee shop and then i'm gonna go here and make a friend on the street like it's oh, just yeah not- like a psycho <laughs> <laughs> get out of here with your friendship well, and that's the thing. Everyone says, like, oh, wouldn't it be great if you could do that? But then Would we it? all shun that person yeah. who does that. Yeah. Oh, hey, we have no natural connection. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't have time. Come on. But, yeah. So th- I, I think you're – I think you just kind of hit the, the nail on the head where it's – I don't think it's that hard to meet people in Vancouver, but you have to find your thing. Yeah. Right? Um. Certainly, then the next question becomes, you know, do you get into your little, do you stay in your little bubbles? And that's probably mm. true, too. Yep. But. Yeah, I was, I was joking with someone last night. There was a comedian on the show that I was on who is uh, married to a comedian. And he was talking, there was a visiting couple uh, from out of town, a couple who was, both of them are comedians. Uh, and so we were, you know, just kind of talking about that, like, oh, dating comedians thing. Mm. And he said, oh, you know, my wife and I, yeah, we really, you know, at first we really tried sort of not to like we both are oh i don't date comedians uh, and i said oh i always make that rule too i won't date comedians but also i won't meet any other people <laughs> i was like i will only spend time in green rooms and not date comedians right <laughs> that's my new plan so 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 how is your dating life are you on any <laughs> dating apps are you trying to get out of that bubble i uh not no you're on no apps. Mm. I, I mean, I even I've assumed your your status from other things I've oh, read sure. seen. But um, I mean, technically, I suppose I am still on. I am on. I've only ever tried one, and I am on it in that I have not deleted it. Okay, it's just there. But I'm case. not. I'm not really on it in much. Uh, like I'm not active on it. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, I will have a thing where I think I should. I should be, get out there, and then. Uh, Luckily, that passes quickly, <laughs> and then I don't. Yeah, they're they're just so low investment, right? Mm. In terms of yeah, y- it's not like you need to set an intention to be on a on an app, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, and also I just don't. I'm not. It just is not where my investment of energy is at these days. But no. I, no. idly mindlessly oh i like that part that part's real fun okay and i like uh i do like sometimes when i'm on the road mm-hmm. i especially don't want to meet people but i do want to look like before the show i want to see like who lives in this town right. and it is this sort of strange little like sociological dig to be like well this is what the general like this is what the uh, men and women in my age range look like in this town this is what they're interested in this yeah. is the jobs they have do you have like a guerrilla marketing strategy where you have like a copy and paste message so hey you should come to my show 
<laughs> super busy just in town for a couple of nights but come to my show we'll talk after uh i do not although i do i do know performers who absolutely have really yeah That's definitely will do will like invite a bunch of people from a dating app to come to their show wow yeah it works yeah okay cool um i i have not heard of that but i think it's smart it i mean sense. yeah absolutely i had a friend tell me about a new app called hinge oh yes it that is striking a chord but i do not recall the specifics i'm i haven't seen the app myself so i don't know exactly what it's like but instead of swiping you like photos or statements from their profile i guess oh but um when i asked her about it i was like okay so that sounds different because it's not swiping Uh uh-huh um how do you like it? And she's like, oh, the concept is great, but it's all the same people. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it's all the sense. same people running all three apps. They're running Tinder, Bumble, and now Hinge. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And it's just, yeah, three circles that are just the same circle. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I haven't given, um, I haven't given that one a try, but I do feel like, yeah, like I said earlier, I, it's such low investment, right? I like, feel like I let, it was valuable for me to get on the app just so that I like really knew what everyone was making jokes and talking about. Right. I mean, obviously it's not a hard concept to grasp. So I got it. Like I understood everyone's jokes yeah. and whatever, but there is another thing to having actually experienced and like seen the pictures and, and done the swipe and be like, Oh, you weren't really exaggerating about how silly this is. You know, like that kind of thing like that, that felt, valuable yeah um it's also you also realize how easy it is to objectify people because <laughs> mm. you get you, i mean once you're in that zone that's basically what you're doing you're looking at a person and making a judgment on them in a split second yeah right? <laughs> uh i used to be like pretty rough looking so i feel like that wasn't a lesson that i needed like I feel like that lesson was ingrained in me. It's like I'm I'm quite aware of how easy it is for to be oh. superficial about people. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Not all my adult teeth came in. We don't have to talk about it. You have a great smile and I a, mean you're not wrong. A great matching <laughs> pair of dimples. So ah, all good now. <laughs> yeah. Um Bumble also has Bumble networking. Yeah. Yeah. Ivan and I talked about this and uh came to the conclusion that it's for guys in relationships to to cheat <laughs> <laughs> under the guise of like networking what if it's just like what if it's just like some busy business bros who want to go hiking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what apps are for right someone who wants to hike with you right i think that's why all the girls say like they like hiking everyone says they like hiking it's buh Nanas. <laughs> I met a girl who legit liked hiking, though. Like, she would go into the woods for weeks and sometimes months on end. Like, she liked, she liked hiking. So when she had that on her profile, I thought it was just like, eh. And then met her. And Did, she was is she the serious. woman who wrote the book Wild? Isn't that woman? Uh, no, no, no. But in the same sort of vein. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so I respected her when she wrote Hiking, because I was like, oh, yeah, I know you like You like it. Hiking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, nah. 
Um, one thing that online dating, dating apps, and I just dating in the digitized world mm-hmm. has sort of uh, exposed is dicks. A lot of yes, dick Yes, I have heard. And I have heard oh. that you have quite the collection of dick pics. Oh, not true. Not true. No. Who I said that. I think you said that. That no, you like you no, keep no. all your dick pics. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I have this joke which you're referencing. Yeah. That's literally just the one. Oh, it's just one. Yeah. So you you had you still kept that one though. Yeah. So as legend has it. <laughs> <laughs> Please explain this amazing dick pic that you have. In your phone <laughs> that stayed in your phone for years on end. Yeah, well, well I'm uh, again as also in the bit, but I'm a uh, uh, I'm a bit of a hoarder. Okay. I don't like to get rid of things. A little real pack rat, uh, and a even a digital hoarder. Like once something's on my phone, it is there for really? life. Yeah, like I just you don't. never delete texts. You just like oh, let them I have run. never deleted a wow. text. Certainly the- photos eventually, but only then to like make room. Yeah. It never even occurred to me to delete a text. Well, sometimes if you haven't talked to someone in, you know, a year, why not delete that thread? You've literally just blown my mind. That has, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating that that's never occurred to me. <laughs> just keep it clean, right? Why does that thing have to be so that's big? That's our history. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the history of like, hey, do you want to you want to meet up? No, nah, I can't do it. Okay, uh, maybe some other time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, happy happy uh, yeah. happy New Year, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need that. Um, so this was my my first my my first boyfriend. Okay. And at uh, at some point, he sent me a picture of his penis, which he was very proud of. Because you guys were gonna be together forever. Mm, I don't think that was ever in the cards, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But he was, no, it was really just that he was very proud of this photo. Like, he just really thought, this is a great, this is an extraordinary photo of my dick. To the extent that I know for a fact that he just, like, he showed it to friends of his and stuff, like, at a bar. He's like, look at this picture of my dick. But he must have been taking multiple photos to get that photo, then, if that's the way But this is the thing. It's not as if he thought, like, he did not think, I have a great dick. He literally meant, like, this is particularly a great photo of my whatever dick. Right. Like, my, this photo looks so much better than my dick. Like, that was kind of his approach. I think he's just like, it just looks so good. Right. So it was on, like, the artistic photography side of appreciation. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a probably a real mix. <laughs> uh, and, he, and he sent it to me, and I would say my level of appreciation of it was at that of, just a person that that cared so deeply about was him. that a good photo though yeah <laughs> i mean i guess there was a dick in it so i was like yeah uh <laughs> i mean oh god not gonna like hang it on the wall <laughs> not that good then nah yeah nah i mean yeah. maybe i'm just not an appreciator yeah uh, of art or penises probably <laughs> so but just as someone who cared a lot about him, and he was really excited about it, so I was like, "I'm excited for you. Yeah, what a you're what a great thing you have here." And so supportive, uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. And then at 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 a some and we have uh, and we remained close. And at some point after we had broken up, we were chatting. How a- how long after you were broken up? You know, I I I 
I don't know how long, but like there really was no, in this particular relationship, there just was, it was one of those ones where I think, I think probably we dragged out the process mm. of breaking up for so long. So there's all that gray area before. Yeah. That when we finally did, we kind of almost nothing changed yeah. in the relationship. We're like, and now this. Uh, so it, it's possible that it wasn't that long or, okay. you know, could have been a year. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I do know that we are chatting and he just got a new phone <laughs> and he's telling me about how great the phone was. And, but then, and then he said, oh, you know, the only bummer is that, like, you know, I lost, lost everything that was on the original phone. Blah, blah, blah. And, and then at some point it occurs to him, oh, oh man, I lost that great <laughs> dick pic. <laughs> and as I had not changed phones, and as we have covered, will not get rid of anything. Yeah. I thought, I mean, I have it. And I said, would, would you like me to send it to you? <laughs> Which he very much did. Okay. Yeah. And so I did. Wow. Godspeed. Uh, and so, yeah, for a very long time. You returned it from, from whence it came. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so for quite a while. It's like a full circle. My entire it's... sexting history was just sending a dick pic. It was like all I'd ever. <laughs> That's my foray into Ret this realm. Not even sending it, but returning a dick pic. Yeah. Return to sender. Yeah. Wow. It's like giving an engagement ring back. <laughs> you can have Which all I also these. did with that boyfriend, but immediately I was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I never accepted it. I was like, meh. That's it. Come on. You're being, you're being real silly. And he was like, you're right. Um, I, wow. <laughs> I, so, so you've given... As many dick pics as, as you've received them. Mm. Or you've received Dar them more. Darn near. No, okay. I think. Yeah, I mean, probably I've received another, but I, I'm very fortunate. I've never, I have never actually received, like, an. Uh, I've never received an unsolicited. I've never, I've never yeah. been so on you that. So you have, you've just scratched the surface on Tinder or Bumble or. Oh, like. Yeah. Not, I've been, not. I then I am pre-surface even <laughs> like, yeah. Because I've I've heard that that happens I almost a, immediately. Yes, I, I have also heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know I'm very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not my thing. Yeah. I mean, if it is. I mean, I mean, if it is your thing. Now's really the time. You're really having a heyday if getting dick pics is your thing. Yeah, it's the dick pic gold rush right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I do I do talk about I do talk about dick pics in my act a little bit and that there's one one thing that I would mention that I'm fascinated by about mm -hmm. dick Because uh, up until recently it never occurred to me. But uh, of course we send digital media, uh, you know, famously goes to space mm -hmm. and then comes back down so right now what you and i are sitting across from one another in downtown east side in this yeah. beautiful studio yeah uh there are just hundreds of thousands of dicks flying around in the atmosphere 
<laughs> at all times. Always. Yeah. I've never thought about it that way. And also, like when I was when I was in school, one subject that I could just never grip onto at all was astronomy mm-hmm. and partly it's the vastness of it like when you describe how far away the sun was i'd be like oh that's inconceivably yeah, far can't think but then that. they would describe something you know light years bigger and i was like i that's the same they're all it's too much i don't it's all enormous yeah and i didn't nothing really i did nothing gripped for me and then until this like hundreds of thousands of dick pics thing that's the first time i was like ah oh, we really are so small <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's very they're, they're um, all up there. All the different ones too. Like all the different kinds of dicks and the different filters and the different scenarios. You are a philosopher, Katie Allen. I yeah. was very wise. Yeah. It's, it's made me reflect on my place in the world. <laughs> I think we are all just underestimating how profound dick pics can be. Well, they say a lot about us. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Did they say a lot about um, Jaden Basie? Oh, yeah, that dude. That dude probably sends that Yeah, dude he's been sends, there. He sends hella dick pics. They're not his, though. Oh, they're not his. He would... I think he'd, yeah. He would go Google image. I think so. Um, for those for those people who do not know... Ugh, what? Can do they we... not know comedian Jaden Basie? Can you please describe who Jaden Basie is? Uh, sure. He's the worst. Uh, so uh, Jaden is a character that I play. It is a uh, it's a drag character. Uh, so it's a it's a male comedian and it's he a bro. Is, yeah, he's like real a bro. bro. So Jaden Basie is the been there comedian. Yeah, you know what I'm talking. This guy's been there. Ah, this guy's been there. <laughs> and he was really bored out of a frustration. I had at one time, uh, I think when I was sort of starting out comedy, not that it's so different now, but particularly when I was starting out and I was, I was very precious and I was very theatrical, but also I was also just me and I wanted to talk about the things that I Mm -hmm. wanted to talk about, which, uh, were not the things that most comics in the comedy club, particularly the amateur level were talking about and having wild success with, uh, which are just sort of like more tried and true topics and just a lot of sex jokes and a lot of like wildly misogynist jokes mm-hmm. and uh just racist jokes and just all just stuff that i just was not on board with and i just kind of had i was like I sort of had this idea i was like you know if i was just this if i was this idiot if i was this awful awful person <laughs> i would be doing great yeah uh so then i created this awful person yeah <laughs> and he's basically like a bro comic yes like <clears throat> i saw a couple weeks ago i saw brendan schaub who's a former mma fighter Ooh. turned comic he's in that joe rogan universe fascinating and um yeah i mean he's he seems like a really nice guy but his jokes are very much in that realm maybe not like as misogynistic or anything like that but sure. the same idea of like you know when you're with your girl and then this other guy comes by and he does that and like you know when that happens like that kind of comedy which is for whatever reason still hits a bass chord with me sure i will still find it funny but um but it is very it's done like it's 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 tired right in a lot of ways like it's just been done before and it's just being perpetuated in different 
ways. So if it's not, um, you know, you ever yeah. been there, it's, well, so you know it, oh, this guy knows it. Or, you know, Sometimes the same thing, I yeah. find that, like, so if, if that gentleman, though, if, like, if the things that he is saying, base or not, or, or if, you know, maybe tried territory or not, if he's authentically that guy, mm. like, if those things authentically resonate with him, then I think it can, and then, and then, you know, coupled with if he's a captivating performer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it's still, there's still a lot to be enjoyed in it. You, know, you can share that space and like, you know, he's going to point out something and if it resonates with you, it resonates with you. Yeah. Um, I think where you run into issue is sometimes, and it's oftentimes young, you know, people starting out in comedy and we like when we, if someone starts out and I started in my mid twenties, you don't have a lot of life experience and we're all kind of doing impression right. impressions of what we think we're supposed to be talking about right. and things like that. And that's, I think where you get into when it's even worse. Cause then you're like, you're doing this material that is that you're, that you know, you get a reaction with if, especially if you go into territories that are mm-hmm. misogynist or, or racist or something like that, or just like, kind of taboo subjects or something like that. But it's, it's not coming from any place of experience. You don't believe those things, you know, like it's not, right just saying words and that and that's and certainly with with Jaden is like that is absolutely like he does it it's all just because that's that's who he thinks he's you know supposed to that's that's he thinks that's who he is yeah he really doesn't know anything about himself I find not not even comedy I find in your early 20s as a teenager that's just how people act yes right yeah yeah. you think you're supposed to act a certain way or like a like a cool guy or whatever and you know you're not being true to yourself or you're not yeah indulging in the things that you want to indulge in right you're Mm -hmm. you're trying to put up this image for everyone else and i think that's a very common thing that a lot of people do Mm -hmm. whether they're in comedy or not right but it would make sense that young comics would would fall for that trap yeah well and because it it also because it works and it's it's the it's the shortest path to the desired result it's it is literally a short path in that it, it it runs out like you can't you can't move forward past a certain point doing that because it is a little bit tired mm-hmm. it'll always kind of work in a you know in a amateur night situation a club situation like it'll work in a six minute set mm-hmm. but you're never gonna build a headline off that or like you're never gonna kind of make a name for yourself doing it yeah. It'll always work in, you know, roadhouse touring kind of thing. But mm-hmm. but I think it is limited potential wise. Sure. Yeah. One one thing I've noticed over the last couple of years is that a lot more comics are becoming vulnerable on stage. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of talking about their personal experience, um, yes. both men and women. Mm-hmm. And I just find that that comedy, while, while you might not get the same, you know, laughs per minute just becomes a much more enriching I mean for me it just becomes a much more enriching experience like there's when you can walk away from a show and not just have laughed but also have reflected on your own life or reflected mm-hmm. on other things it 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 sticks with you yeah i mean i think you're absolutely right it is it is certainly the the trend mm-hmm. in comedy now is to be very uh it's fine i you, i would always say it was like to be very personal very authentic and then you know, I want to temper that now. It's like, it absolutely is, but it's also still, it's still controlled. You know, we're still only revealing of course. what we've chosen to. And so, you know, there's some, so a bit of artificial, uh, some artificial sense to that in the same, you know, because in the way that, you know, well, nah. 
you can finish that thought. It's fine. I could. I, it's just like it's layered. I was gonna say. I was like, you know, because we used to hold up uh, Louis C.K. as someone who we thought was like, you know, always being so vulnerable, so authentic, and you know that he'll show the grotesqueness of like his grotesque self. And you're like, well, not like his entire grotesque, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's really just a heightened version of of what we're all doing. We're like, this is the this is the curated vulnerability of of my self because it's you know things that you have distance from and and things like that but i i do agree with you from for personally i also find it uh you know more enriching and and it was a a shift when i started to do personal material as i you know grew as a performer because mm-hmm. when you start out and yeah, i was in my 20s and things it was more that things are just like oh isn't this ironic or isn't this dumb <laughs> or you know whatever and the first really personal joke that I had when I would see someone in the audience also, like I could tell had that experience Mm -hmm. and I could tell it was so enriching for me. And I'm not very good. I have struggled with, uh, I have struggled with human connection. I struggled uh, connecting with others in the past. And, and so that idea that I was having this sort of live, connection and expressing like by sharing something that had happened to me uh going back a little bit to what i said about that i was socialized uh very masculine that was that's definitely a part of it is that i wasn't i i also inherited all the all the things about like don't have feelings and Mm. like (laughs) don't cry and like don't do those things and like don't gross (laughs) uh so unloading get like you know getting rid of some of that kind of talk more toxic stuff and and being more open in this again very controlled environment Mm -hmm. uh i think has helped me off stage as well to do that because i saw how how powerful it was and how much i enjoyed it when i would like if someone i could see that someone had a positive experience from hearing what i was saying or felt seen by what i was talking about or Mm -hmm. things like that do you think it was um like was there a certain moment where you decided to do that or do you think it just came with with the age and because I find a lot of people mm. in their thirties, you just stop caring what other people are gonna think. For sure. And... <laughs> I mean, man, is it? Oh, it's so beautiful, so freeing. Yeah. Uh, I remember having a friend who was much older that I, I used to perform with, and when when I was still in my early, I mean, I'm still his friend, but when I was in my early tw- uh, mid twenties or whatever, and and so he's about ten years older. Okay. And he had just said he kind of was like, man. I can't wait for you to be in your thirties as if in this sort of gift almost way. He's like, I mean, we're friends now, but like I could, you know, you're still, in, you still have that twenties thing where you're like, your shit's still hard. Like you're still <laughs> figuring everything. And I just can't wait for that for you. Yeah. And I think of it all the time now. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah. So much better. Yeah. Yeah. And then in, and when you look back in retrospect, you're like all that stuff that I was worried about wasn't worth worrying about. Wasn't worth worrying about. <laughs> yeah. Which makes you think about the stuff that you worry about today, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I find encouraging, though, because I also love it. I, you know, I love when you hear someone in their 60s or something be like, oh, it's the best, you know? Is it, or people who say, that, like, oh, yeah, every decade was better than the last. Which makes sense because mm-hmm. you have had more experience being you. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Know? I have been me now for as long <laughs> as possible. <laughs> You've been you longer than anyone else has been you. That's true. Right? Yep. And longer than I had been me yesterday. Even a <laughs> few hours ago. 
True. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Me a few hours ago. Ugh, what a dummy. <laughs> oh my god. When I see pictures of me from a few hours ago, I'm like, oh, who dressed me? Oh my god. Just going through those selfies. You're like, oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> oh my god. Remember when we used to wear that this morning? <laughs> Oh, are, do you take many selfies? Are you? Um, yeah. Do you oh, actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, took me a long time to come around on it. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get it at first. Hmm. And I, I mean, I'm perpetually a late adopter. That's my jam. Yeah. Uh, and I finally I got Instagram, and then, I you know I was like, oh, isn't it like a funny? Look at my funny caption for this funny thing, and that that was fun, and did that for a while, and then the first time I ever posted a photo of myself. It's just like five times the likes. Yeah. It just, I was like, oh, oh, did you not see the last joke? It was very funny. No, no one's reading. No one is reading. No. <laughs> and I totally get it. Uh, and I love it. I love other people. So I love selfies. Really? I love them. Yeah. Huh. They're so fun. I mean, I mean, it's, I love men's fashion and I love women's makeup. <laughs> do you uh, like the traditional selfie or do you like the bathroom mirror selfie? I don't know that there's a selfie I don't like. No, there's there's very few genres of selfie I don't like. Um, I mean, dick pics. Yeah, not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, men, again, I don't like to generalize. But for the most part, I prefer a fully clothed man if we're taking selfies. Okay. And then uh, women, no rules. No rules. Anything <laughs> goes. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll look arty. Yeah. No matter what it sure. is. Sure. Give me them yoga pants shots. I'm into it. I don't <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Bathroom mirror. Before the dance. I don't care. All of them. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. Have you figured out like your angles? You know what yeah. what are your best at? Yeah. I think so. I mean I'm not I'm not great. I tell you that I don't I don't I'm not I'm not awesome. It sounds at like them. you are. It sounds like you know what you're talking about. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm no artist, you know. I don't have the timers and tripods and stuff. I don't get gotcha. and I don't have a I don't have a partner to take photos of me and be like, oh, here, oh. I'm at the market. That's so crazy. Like the dudes who are like on their on their knees at the beach trying to get that perfect yeah. horizon angle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I last summer I spent a month in New York and one day one like Saturday afternoon I end up in the West Village. Yeah. And it it it, it it's just like, oh, every spare inch of sidewalk is a photo shoot going on but not not in the way that in lots of places in new york like a it's not they're not models it's not a professional i mean it is professional that they that is their living but it is just somebody's boyfriend yeah taking a photo of them you know buying produce (laughs) but that's how they (laughs) make their living gotta get those likes yeah gotta hawk the produce yeah it's good money in produce Yep. No, there's not. I don't. <laughs> Unless it's like Whole Foods. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I made the mistake of buying a single apple recently, like because I just popped in. And At I Whole just, Foods? Yeah. And normally just if you buy like, you know, a, a selection of groceries and it's expensive, but you're like, yeah, I don't know. I bought a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You don't have to know like how much a single. I was like, oh. How much was it? It was 350 Really? <laughs> Really? I felt like such a rube. I was like, yeah, wrap it up. Where, <laughs> yeah. where did this apple come from? Uh, I don't know. The I, Garden of Eden. Yeah. 
I bought um, three grass-fed steaks Ooh. from Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were delicious. Sure. 50 bucks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I remember paying for it and just being like, this is a, a privileged life that I live. <laughs> yes. Because I, mean, I, I, saw, I saw what it was per kg, right? And I did my bro math, and I was like, I it's not going to be that bad. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Do you ever do a thing, bringing back to living in Vancouver? So sometimes I will justify something like, yeah, I spent $50 on steak. So, you know, there's a statistic. Uh, I'd say, like, to to own and maintain a home in Vancouver yeah. would take, you know, 110% of the average dual income couple. Yeah. So that's unattainable, mm-hmm. which I find sort of freeing because now your choice is, do you live in Vancouver? Or do you not live in Vancouver? But if you live in Vancouver, so in, in Toronto, or in Toronto, it was like 70 or 75% or something. Right. So now that's a, that's a, that's a harder choice to me because that's, that is attainable. But with so much sacrifice. Yeah. You know, because that's way too much of your income. Like, that leaves nothing. Mm -hmm. But if it's 110, that's impossible. Yeah. So if it's out of the cards and you continue to decide that you want to live in Vancouver, then what are you saving it for? (laughs) You know, like, yeah, I'm going to buy some steak or I'm going to, like, I'm not going to be super great with this money. Because even if I was, even if I was extraordinarily frugal, mm-hmm. it would not matter. I couldn't possibly. So fuck it. <laughs> I'm gonna eat some. Del- I'm gonna eat amazing steak. I'm gonna live the best life I can. This is great financial advice. It's terrible. Don't follow it. I am the worst with money. I spend all your money on expensive steak that only ate grass. Yeah. I work four jobs currently. <laughs> That's no word of a lie. No, I, I get what you're saying because when something is like literally not attainable. Yeah. Well, and it's I mean, very easy not, to just. You're not going to be out on the street because you spent $50 on yeah. steak. So what I'm talking about is these kind of these it's these small comforts. Mm-hmm. But you know, but if you were, if you did have a crushing mortgage, you're there's no you're not eating fifty dollar steak. You know? Yeah. Then you are eating a can of beans or whatever. Yeah. So it's like you can't have this greater thing and the security and you can't build and we can't retire. So I'm going to enjoy a steak. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that idea of even if you do save, like it's gonna take you Without assistance, it's going to take you a long time to save up to get into the market, and maybe not even the. I was market. about to say, I was like, no, no, you're ruining it. But you know, <laughs> it's, you have to tell me it's impossible, or I have made a terrible mistake. <laughs> it's. I think, to be honest, it's basically impossible. Yeah. 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 There you I don't go. think it's. I don't think it's. But I was. My my point was that's why you have like avocado toast that sells for nine dollars. Yes. And people buy it. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I'm not saving for a house because I can never get a house. So No, I'm going to take a three-minute vacation <laughs> with this toast. It's a I call them micro-vacays. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Where do you imagine you are when you're eating your avocado toast? No, I mean, I am where I am, but oh, okay. for three minutes. It's escaping reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's that good. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Um, we, we're going to, we're going to wrap up in a little bit. Um, 
we've we've got a little introspective here. We've we've talked yeah. finances of all things just now and um, philosophy. If you can go back and talk to your 2007 self, the one that moved to Vancouver, Ooh. what would you what would you tell her? What would I tell her? Um, I would tell her if she would she will learn this in a couple of years. But if I could speed her along, I'd be like, hey, guess what? Uh, you are a gal. And when you move to Vancouver, people will treat you that way. And you are behaving real weird. <laughs> <laughs> they will not like all of this bro stuff you're doing because they don't understand why. Because you are out of the context. So uh, you're going to want to start paying attention to women, <laughs> figuring out what they do. Do that. Uh, and, uh, more to that, the feelings are allowed. Have some. They'll be good for you. Uh, and then I'm going to say a I'm going to say a food thing. And so sure. before that, I do. I want to be very, very clear that this is just my experience of my body. And I would never advise anyone else about what they put in their body or eat. And please don't take there's there's no value judgment of any kind on this. Sure. For me. Uh, uh, I don't do great with processed foods. I have now discovered that uh, the higher volume of processed foods that I eat the uh, has a wildly drastic effect on my mood. Mm. And I can be and that is a is a big factor in terms of depression. And at that time, that especially when I when I first moved here and so I just ate I just ate so much processed food. <laughs> just so much. Also, just cuz you bought it at a store that you think is healthy does not mean that it is it's not this it's still chips no, don't stop it just knock it off a little bit. i completely agree with that i i find that processed food is a it affects your mood uh for me it affects my skin mm, yeah right um yeah no i completely agree i think that's very sound advice and it, and it doesn't affect at least for me it didn't affect me when i was in my early 20s but as i, as I got older mm, interesting <clears throat> definitely a big effect yeah and I, I feel mean, your, your guts are just like they're such a insane, <laughs> like they're the engine for almost everything, and just feel like we don't. That's something most people don't learn until their thirties because they don't act up. Yeah, like your guts just work in your twenties. Yeah, and then your thirties they stop working. <laughs> like I have no tools for this. <laughs> yeah, you have to like ingest the tools. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you uh, have to grow that ecosystem for them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so tiring. <laughs> Just want to microwave something. <laughs> Katie Ellen Humphreys, I need to ask you one more question okay. before we go. Okay. Do you have a gift bag celebrity crush? And if you don't know what this is, mm, I'll explain it to you. Is. It's the one person in the world where no matter who you're married to or with or whatever, um, this is your, like, hall pass. But you get to claim them, and they're only claimed once you give them a gift bag. Because you're courting them, right? Obviously. Oh. But so the seriousness of this is that once you give that gift bag out, you've that's it. You can't get, like, another gift bag celebrity crush. Oh. So is there like a one celebrity or person in the world that would be like that you would want to spend that gift bag on? What 
So this is an idea I came up with because I did this. <laughs> what? Yeah. Back up. Yeah. I did this last year with Whitney Cummings. Ooh. And it was by far the greatest. I mean, not the greatest, but it, it ended up being as good of a celebrity encounter as you could imagine. Okay. So I gave her the gift bag. Yes. And I told her, like, hey, like, I've been following your career over the past couple of years, and I really like how you've talked about different things when it comes to mental wellness and mm-hmm. vulnerability and all mm-hmm. this other stuff, and, like, it's really affected my life, and I know I'm not in your demographic, but just so you know. And she started welling up. She started crying. She... uh gave me a big hug she took a selfie video where she's yelling like i love you in my face which is on my instagram and um and then like w- there was a book signing and she they said that they were only going to um she's only going to sign her name and not personalize anything but she like definitely personalized mine and i was just like oh my god this was like the great and all it was you know all it was was an authentic uh in terms of what I said, like I, I was very true, but uh, yes. I put it out there in the the gift bag as well. It was the the sizzle. I feel like you're still. I'm stuck on the. Is the, <laughs> the gift bag? <laughs> Your story is so beautiful, <clears throat> and I could listen to it forever. Yeah. And that part makes sense to me. Yeah. But you're. That's just the gift bag part, right? And now we're tacking it on to that couple's hall pass thing. Is that right? That would like that would be. Is there so I I'm in a couple, and there's a celebrity that I can, if they are so willing. Sleep with, and also I give them a gift bag. That's how. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's how, I, that's how I woo them. That's how you woo them, yeah. That's how you show that you're serious. And that's how your partner, your real partner, is like, okay, that's the one. That, that's the one. Yeah. Because if you just sleep with a celebrity, you're just cheating. Mm, I don't, I don't want to be in this relationship if that's what they think. <laughs> like... Listen, if I'm, listeners, if we are ever dating, serious or otherwise, and you have a chance to sleep with any celebrity, I I genuinely want you to take that chance. Wow. (laughs) Come on! Without a gift bag. They don't have to be that serious about it. Listen, if we're in a relationship, I like to think you're the kind of person that brings a gift, at least a bottle of wine. (laughs) Show some respect. Like, don't be an animal about it. But like, right? That's what I'm getting at. Get in it. Okay. Like, get it. Come on. You would not limit your partner to one choice. No. That's wow. I want to. We would high five over this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, would we get competitive though? Mm, probably. Maybe. Maybe. You'd be celebrity stalkers. I mean, they would sleep with more celebrities than I would. I'm sure of it. I'm fine with that. That's the best case scenario. If I sleep with more than them and they feel bad about it, I can't help them with that. Right. Mm. We have opened up a can of worms, and I've not answered your question. Mm. I go with celebrity crushes. Mm. Um, like if I only had to, the reason I'm I'm also hesitating is because it's very hard for me to choose one 
gender of person. <laughs> you can choose but, two if you'd like. Okay, well, are you, uh, um, like, I feel like, uh, like Dev Patel can get okay. it. Is he too young? Is he too young? Uh, am I being, is that creepy? He's not that young. He was it? I don't know. I don't know. I think mm, the answer stands. Okay. Dev Patel. He gets my gift of the week. Cool. Yeah. Love it. Me too. <laughs> pretty, pretty. Make sure you have it ready for him. Oh my. Uh, this is, I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you some ideas. I got some good ones. Okay. Okay. Um, where should people go if they want to slide in your DMs? Like if they're Dev Patel and they're, they want to. I mean, just. <laughs> <laughs> They know them or whatever. They just it doesn't matter. Okay, cool. <laughs> mm. Oh, they should find me on Twitter. Okay, I am at um, Miss Katie Ellen. That's M S K A T I E E L L E N. Uh, or find me on Instagram, where I'm also that, but with an underscore. I believe. I believe it is Ms. Like M S K A T I E underscore Ellen E L L E N. Cool. And you have a website. I do. Do you? It's pretty good. I went through it. I mean, it's okay. It's the basis of my research. I made it like eight years ago, and I've never once updated it. So it's not your, you won't get the most prime. There's a pretty good FAQ section, though. Check that out. (laughs) No one has ever once asked me a question, but (laughs) if they did. I asked you a bunch just now. (gasps) It's true. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to update that FAQ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Katie Allen, this was awesome. It was a treat. Thanks for a treat for uh, me as well. Thanks so much for inviting me. Thanks for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, the lovely and talented, the champ, Katie Allen Humphreys, and I'm Mo Amir, telling you that in a city where you can be anything, be colorful. Peace. Oh, I love that. <laughs>